beautiful. That was that was amazing. If any of you guys don't know, it's from Interstellar. One of the probably best movies of all time. Definitely the best space movie, in my opinion. Probably Sam's too. Um, but no, yeah, that's what we're here to talk about today. Like, markets down bad. What is Ethereum at? Like 1100 something. <laughs> okay, like spies at 380. Um, not a fun day to be investing. Um, so we're here to, to enlighten the mood. And, and which way are we going today? We're going up. Where are we going? We're going to space. All right, let's go. We're going to space today, and we're going to talk about some some good in the future, you know? Because there's a lot of bad right now and a lot of negativity, but who knows? Everyone's going to forget about it years from now. So we're talk- We're going to talk about space and how important it is and and uh, what a bunch of people are doing, like CEOs and entrepreneurs are doing to take steps um, to go to space. So, well, let's think about it. The first, the first time, when was the last time we were on the moon? Like, what 1972 was Apollo uh, Apollo 17 <laughs> I don't know I'm, I'm just a wizard I guess I just have these notes on the top of my head no but yeah like um, so USSR they launched Sputnik like in 1957 and then 12 years later we made it to the moon and that's a short time like 12 years think about it back then like that's a really short amount of time and one of the reasons that they were so fast was because like it was the space race and like everyone there was this like um, competition between nations on like who's the best nation and who's the most advanced um, USA and was top Japan was up there like all they're all these like really highly developed nations like that are still thriving today we're fighting to get to space and finally who made it Neil Armstrong and USA took the took the lead to get the first man on the moon which I think was crazy I wish I was alive to see that mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but yeah and then slowly it just it just after the space um after we landed on the moon just accomplishments they just stopped like we we didn't it was like okay we made it to the moon and now it's over and what else are we gonna do yeah and i mean like you said apollo 17 that's that's the last time we've been to the moon which is like december 1972 and uh um it's i mean half of that is like you know we made it to the moon we whatever we did we got some samples we put a footprint on the moon put a flag and then, like, there's not that much else to do without going uh, magnitudes of miles, light years farther. Um, and it was just so expensive. This, Not to mention back then we're using the big Saturn rockets and space shuttles. Like, those things are hundreds of billions of dollars. And it just wasn't sustainable when, you know, our, the whole mission was to get to the moon and we did that. Right, yeah. And I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of people out there that are, like, talking about how like the moon is like a resource it's not just like a big rock in the sky and um that's uh that's like a thing right now like with with elon musk and like jeff bezos like they're they're going head to head right now um it seems like not it's not like super competitive but like they they have blue origin from by jeff bezos and then elon musk has spacex and and like blue origin is taking like this different route to like space infrastructure and he's not more like uh, jeff bezos does not talk about like life on mars at all he's he's talking about like oh international like space travel like tourism maybe like a few like hotels up there i know some companies are doing um and he's he's thinking like short term and and what a quote that he he said uh, i'll quote jeff bezos here we're going to build a road to space so that our kids and their kids can build the future and we need to do that we need to do that to solve the problems here on earth and i mean it doesn't seem like he's like in that big of a rush to get to space Mm-hmm. He's more like grandkids, grandkids, maybe. Yeah, and 
It's interesting because last summer the the head to head thing was between Virgin Galactic and Blue Origin because they were but like Virgin Galactic was racing to get Richard Branson up and on his little space tour and Blue Origin was trying to get Jeff Bezos up there, and now Virgin Virgin Galactic is in the dumps I guess. Uh, who was it? Chamath. Yeah. He was one of the big investors. He took them public through the spec. He left, and uh, I don't I haven't really kept up to date with them, but it seems like they just not doing much anymore yeah it seemed, it seemed like he was just like okay let me just let me build a business this is like richard branson he's like okay i want to go to space what's the best way i can go to space i'm going to build a business and then i'm going to write off all my expenses on it so i don't have to pay tax on it and maybe i might make a little profit and if not i don't and then i still get to go to space i don't know that's that's just the way i saw it it was like sort of like a pump and dump scheme for his own uh for his own benefit <laughs> There were but, definitely a lot of pumping up skeins back in SPAC, SPAC land. Yeah. SPAC if you, era. If you need to learn more about SPACs, you can check it, check them out in our other episodes on how to bring companies public. No, but um, my uncle, I was talking to my uncle actually uh, a couple months ago, and he's actually a, a rocket engineer for, um, I forget, it's something in the military. I, I don't want to say which branch it is because I don't know off the top of my head. But uh, he builds rockets, and he actually got like offers from Blue Origin, and he got offers from SpaceX. And... Um, this was his opinion. I'll just try to summarize it. He he was he didn't see he doesn't see Elon Musk's vision right now, and he he sides more with Blue Origin, which was who he had the interview with, and he got the offer, but unfortunately didn't take it. Um, and he basically was saying like Elon Musk is thinking too long. Like he's he's thinking that like it's in, it, it's unreachable to just go straight to Mars. Like it doesn't make sense as a society for us to just leave so far away from Earth without any infrastructure in the Earth. And that um, you should, he like, I don't know if this is what Jeff Bezos believed, but my uncle was talking about like the moon is literally a whole nother planet and there's so many resources on the moon and we should use the moon as like a station and we should develop a, like a station up in the moon where we can take off rockets from and like build rockets there. Cause think about the gravity of the moon compared to the gravity of earth and the atmosphere. And like, it's going to be way more expensive for you to launch from earth than it is to launch from the moon. And so he was basically saying like, okay, Blue Origin, they're thinking like, they're thinking long term and Elon Musk is just thinking, okay, eyes on the prize. All I want to think about is Mars. He's not thinking about like how we can actually build a system where it's a lot more efficient and um, cheaper to go from Earth to Mars eventually. So I don't know. What are your your thoughts? Do you think Elon Musk is jumping ahead of himself or? I mean, what he said definitely makes sense because not only would it be so much cheaper launching from the moon, it's so much safer. I mean even like back in the spatial era and you see that with with elon's rockets too um because there's so much gravity it's just so much harder and there's so many more crashes and you just that's why like like columbia just blew up yeah it's a good point and yeah it's a lot safer and then if we just if we ship we don't have to like ship back and forth if we ship the supplies on mars or not on mars excuse me on on the moon and then we just get a station where we can set off and take off from there we don't have to worry about like finding the right path to Mars or like worried about the moon. And I know that, I know there's like ways that people are going to use the moon. Like to, I'm not, a, I'm not an astrophysicist, yeah. but <laughs> like people launch off of earth and then use moon as like a catapult. And like, obviously in movies like interstellar, they did that like with the black hole and stuff. So I'm, I'll be interested to see like how it evolves. Yeah. I, I think, don't know. I think it was Apollo 13. It was either 11 or 13, but uh, they did, they did the exact same thing. Um, I believe. Um, great movie based on the actual Apollo mission. When it happened, they like ran out of fuel or something, and they had to they had to slingshot around right. the moon. I think it was. And I mean the whole the whole reason, right, was like why 
like when we think about like back in 1969, it was so expensive, right? And like, what are the prices today? Like, they're getting a lot better, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's actually wild. Um, we we found this pretty cool graphic right here. It's just showing how much cheaper it's gotten. Like back in what was it? back in 1960, right? You had you had your space shuttles. Well, that was until like 1980ish. But back in 1960s, 70s, 80s, you had like the Saturn rockets and and the space shuttles. The per kilogram cost anywhere from five thousand dollars to over fifty one thousand dollars, right? Which is just insane. And you're talking about uh, a, a vehicle, if you want to call it, that weighs like tens, maybe hundreds of millions of kilograms. So like hundred billion dollar shuttle right there. And then now, you know, the the Falcon rockets that Elon Musk is building at SpaceX, they they cost under two thousand dollars a kilogram. So it's just it's wild, and it's getting cheaper fast. Like it's it's not like it's just we're stuck. The Starship, uh, the Starship one that they're building, it's supposed to be only two hundred dollars per kilogram. Yeah, which is just wild. That's awesome, and, and I think that's how like we get to the point where like commercial like citizens, and it's like commercial space flight where if it's if it's a hundred billion dollars to build a rocket, no average citizen is going to go to space. Like it's not going to happen if it, if that if it's that price. And also another point, like to point out, because you know this is a financial podcast. Mm-hmm. Think about inflation. Like a. a $3,200 back then compared to $3,200 in 2022 when we know inflation is going insane right now. And like the difference, just add that on top of the the chart. It's just insane to think like, okay, we're really like, Elon Musk is really doing a good job and whoever is working at NASA, not just all credit to Elon, but he's doing a good job. And he, he thought, I don't know if he was the one that thought of the idea but he's doing reusable rockets and like back back in the days with like saturn and the space shuttle it was like okay you build this big rocket and you go on this journey and then you have to scrap everything that you built and that's why it was so expensive because you couldn't reuse it but elon musk is taking this approach where it's like okay i'm going to build this this starship and i'm going to be able to use it back and forth from earth to mars or earth to the moon and it'll dramatically reduce the cost because once you build the ship then you don't have to build it again as long as it doesn't get damaged and you can just keep using it and you have to pay for fuel and probably a few maintenance things i'm sure i'm sure there's a lot of cost to to replace a rocket from ride to ride but i think it's awesome that that he's doing that yeah definitely and you know it's just going to keep getting cheaper which is you know what they say like the two of the qualities of in an, an, uh, a, a sector that's being innovated is like reducing costs and increasing the longevity of the product. Right. Which is how you know is we're, we're going in a good direction. We're going in a good direction. I, keep, I hope we keep going in a good direction. And maybe, we might, who knows, we might end up on Mars in 2029. I know uh, Elon just tweeted like in March, um, he just, there was like a, a graphic that it was a SpaceX, SpaceX account and they tweeted like, okay, it was like a picture of uh, when we first landed on the moon and it was like 1969 or whatever. And then it had uh, Mars and it had like this, these cool space suits and like a little like dome in the background. And it was, uh, it was like 20 and then it had like two blanks and Elon Musk replied to the tweet and said 2029. So I guess that's his prediction. I don't know. Do you think it's soon? You think it's? Um, I don't know. I think as long as it's in my lifetime, I'll be satisfied. I just think it'll be so cool to see that happen. And I, if if I die and I haven't been to space, even I mean, be, going to Mars might be a stretch, but I just want to go to space so badly. Yeah, I think it would just be. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I couldn't know. even describe it. I'm pretty confident that if we wanted to go to Mars in our lifetime, I feel like we could, because like our lifespan of humans is just growing exponentially. We're only 20. Who knows what the technology is going to be like when we're 60, even, and we're probably going to be like we're 40 or 30, and when we're 60. So, well, the two things I'd be worried about are safety 
and cost. Like I'm not gonna try and go to Mars if there's like a ninety percent chance that I die. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not taking the first ticket. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm. I'm avoiding that at all costs. But it, it'll be weird, like to see, like, I don't know. Elon Musk. He talks about it a lot, and like a lot of people like theorize about like what life would be like on Mars. But I guess you just like create like a whole new society. Like you start with a, a small little town with a few houses and food. And then you soon branch out, more people come, then you keep building a city, and then after a city, you build another city that's further away, and it's just a whole infrastructure. That would be so cool. Dude, that would be, that would be nuts. Like, especially if we can, like, that's a big thing, like, right now, because it takes, like, seven years to get to um, Mars, like, from Earth, because it's so far. But, like, if we can increase the time, then you could literally, like, vacation to Mars. Like, that, I guarantee you that's going to happen, like, some point in history. But obviously, we have no idea when, but like there's going to be a point where people are going to be able to travel to Earth in a month or a year, maybe even shorter, and come back and like go back and forth. So that I think that's going to be awesome. Yeah, and, and not to mention, in all the movies, you see like the cryosleep, where you can just hop in a chamber and you don't even age while you're in flight to wherever. So once we figure that out, that's when the opportunities really become endless. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm sure it's possible. I just don't know if it's possible in the next 100 years or 500 years. Yeah. I mean, but it makes sense, though, because, like, if sleep is, like, ant- like you, the more you sleep, the less you age. Like, it's just correlation, like, highly correlated. So, like, it makes sense. If you can trick your body into going to sleep forever and you cryotherapy your skin and you don't age and you don't get wrinkles, then who knows? It might happen. But I'm, I'm, hopefully I'll be around for that. That would, be, that would be nuts if we could go to bed and wake up in 50 years. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, for decades now, the scientists have been looking outside our solar system, right? Because obviously we know the planets in our solar system, we know which ones might be habitable, uh, specifically Mars, but uh, there's lots of gigantic telescopes out there that are just searching for um, new and habitable places, right? And in 1999, they discovered this star with this, this telescope called TRAPPIST, right? And they named it after it. It's called the Trappist One System, and there's seven planets there. Okay. Seven inhabitable planets, and um, wait, they know that the planets are inhabitable in that solar system. Well, they, or they assume they're they are. guessing okay. because it's it's they're Earth-sized planets. Um, it's a it's a healthy ecosystem with this with a star, and they they have a they identified like a habitable zone there, where three of these planets are likely to hold water. Okay. So, water is life. Keep in mind, this is 40, 40 light years away. So so just like a bus uh, ride, right? Yeah. So obviously not uh, opportune. but And then another one, just two years ago, TOI 700D, right? Um, <laughs> uh, sorry, I just looked and saw this little <laughs> speaker note. Um, TOI 700D, right? They made <laughs> two years ago. <laughs> this one was 100 light years away. And they found this one with another telescope, and this one, this one actually looks really promising. Um, it's like I think the days are like, it's like, thirty-seven day orbit or whatever, and it's it gets eighty-six percent of the sunlight that Earth does, and they identified like like rocks and, and hydrogen, which means likely water. So you never know. Yeah, and I feel like I don't know. I feel like if we get to the point where we are like going to another planet that's like supposedly inhabitable, I feel like our bodies after that point are going to be so adjusted to living in space and it's not going to matter like how long the days are or how long the nights are personally because like 
we're going to have temperature. We're going to have like, if we get to that point, we're going to have like temperature figured out. We're going to have oxygen figured out. And then obviously you can just cover yourself if you need to sleep. So like, I don't see, I don't see that being a big problem. Like as far as like, uh, if a planet is like, it has to be the same length as like earth is like, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of irrelevant, but yeah. And, and the, the thing with the, the second one, the, the TOI 700, I mean, what a, what a nice name, but um, the thing with that one is the way it orbits the star, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, rotate about its axis so the same half of the planet is constantly in sunlight and the other half is constantly oh. in the dark yeah that's which weird. that would be pretty 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 crazy and you like travel across to the other side of the planet if you want to go to bed and then <laughs> it's just like beds on one side and then like life on the other side that would be, cool. that would be pretty sick but who knows maybe someone's already living in that planet right now right yeah aliens do you, do you believe in aliens do you think there's like some um, i don't know let me hold on let me rephrase my question do you think there's a life form out there that's near the intelligence of humans because obviously i mean you could say there's bacteria and whatnot but do you think like well, yeah. there's a developed I mean, but like like the first one you asked like do you believe in aliens like i see i hear people saying all the time i don't i don't know if it's like like a belief like do i believe in aliens do i think there's probably something else living in our universe definitely near our intelligence maybe not near the intelligence of i don't know a squirrel sure because <laughs> I, I mean humans are just so intelligent I, I don't know i think it's definitely possible yeah maybe we'll find three-headed squirrels on that toi 700 <laughs> planet I, I would not be going there <laughs> no yeah i don't know i feel like it i don't know just from like what we know about like evolution and like all like the chances that we evolve to who we are like as humans like our our planet and everything like the chances that we made it to this point in our evolution period it's so like it's so rare and like I don't know. I I would have to see it to believe it. I don't I don't really have an opinion really. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like another life form, but the fact that like there's another life form out there, I don't know. This just comes back back to like faith and like I don't really I don't know. I don't understand what it, what would be the purpose, you know? I just can't understand like the universe is so infinitely big. Like we do not understand how how big it is. Yeah. It it doesn't end, right? And the, if there was not a single other inhabit like yeah. living thing out there, I would just be yeah. There's got to there's got to be another living thing for sure. And I if just there, don't if know there wasn't developed, then you just know like it would just be so cool. Like the next, I don't know, I don't I don't remember how long they say until our sun explodes, but like yeah. you just humans just go and explore the whole universe. And yeah, imagine like I don't I don't even know what a good estimate would be. Like ten thousand years from now, we're living on like. 10 different solar systems and you know what's crazy is like if we're looking at this star or whatever the solar system 40 light years away like i'm pretty mm -hmm. like we're looking at it in the past so like that's that's something that you have to like you're even if some if, it, if there's an alien species out there that has the capability of having a telescope and looking at us they're not seeing us from a period where we are now they're not seeing the development they're not seeing all the lights on the planet they're probably looking at us like when the dinosaurs were here and they just see a big earth and there's no like signal so they might be thinking the same exact thing that we're thinking, looking at a planet in Trappist One system. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, like the thing with that is there there is like there there could be a way to like to look at it in like present time, but you have to make a telescope because you're looking at light, right? The yeah. light being reflected back, and you can't look, you can't make a telescope that somehow looks faster than the speed <laughs> of light. But like maybe one day we figure out a way around that, which, yeah. would, just, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, who knows? And obviously, there's a bunch of 
investing i don't know right now you might not yeah. want to hop into the space it's super far like all this stuff is super outdated and it's really just like a gamble if you if you're throwing money at it right now as far as like like outside of earth um but make sure there's a few etfs and stuff what were you gonna say yeah and not only is it so far like it's just like it's so far until like some of the stuff even becomes relevant or like commonplace which means it's even farther until any company doing this becomes even remotely profitable or worth investing in. yeah what are some of your favorite companies you're looking at um, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not like invested in any specific space companies. I, I like following, I mean, like, like Lockheed Martin, Iridium, um, Maxar Technologies. And then, I mean, there are like space ETFs, yeah. UFO, and then ARC has the ARCX ETF. But I mean, like I said, it's like, it's so scary investing in something like this right yeah. now. Like if, if this really does take off to the magnitude that I believe it will, 20 years from now, you will still be like so you'll have so much time ahead of you to really profit off of it and you'll have you know yeah the the knowledge and to know actually what you should be investing in opposed to right now you're just like making a guess like hmm yeah maybe 20 years from now this company will have a house on mars I don't yeah know. i feel like there's a lot more sure bets out there like even just the metaverse even this like i mean it seems like super outdated but you'd be better off betting on the metaverse than you would on space as far as timeline why so it's always good just to Make sure you, you know that this is really far fetched idea right now, but who knows if you're if you're 20 years from now and they're making a lot of progress and we're sending people to Mars, then you might need to start looking at it because that's when it's really going to start to grow and like companies from Earth will really profit off of like space travel because there's, that's a whole other industry and sector like in itself like it's going to change everything like how money is is processed and everything. Yeah, and that's that's another one of those um, times where like an actively managed ETF seems like it'd be a good bet because they can cycle in and out of the stocks that just come and go for sure but even then I, i'm just not like in any rush yeah. because i feel like 10 years from now yeah. this etf is going to be at the same spot if not lower yeah the compound interest is just not going to be there if if you're investing now you might want to wait a little bit and then you might get a little more um once it matures a little bit but i don't know we'll see we will see just like we can see some space movies <laughs> oh, right dude i'm tell me some space movies dude, i'm excited okay interstellar if you have not seen this movie, I want you to drop everything you're doing after you give us a five-star review on Spotify or give us a thumbs up on YouTube and subscribe. I want you to go and watch this movie right now. I've seen this like 20 times. This is my favorite movie of all time, and it's not even close, okay? It is just, it is so good. The soundtrack literally will like change your life. Those, that was our intro, it, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It's such an amazing story by the best director of all time, in my opinion, Christopher Nolan. Um, and it's it's so it's so amazing. The cinematography is crazy. It's you have to see it, and it really makes you think too. It's not just like a movie that you're just like you watch and you're like, oh, that was a good movie. You're like, wait a second, mm-hmm. is this real? Like, is could this actually be true? And like, you just gotta watch the movie. You really gotta experience it because it's like it changes your perspective on like what space could be, and it's not just like space, you know. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's all kinds of space movies, of course, some good, some bad, and I, I personally, I'm I'm a big fan of a lot of these. Um, but The Martian, another great one. Matt Damon goes to Mars. Um, Gravity, a really good one. 2001 A Space Odyssey, classic. And then like Hidden Figures, Apollo 11 and Apollo 13 are all based on like true stories. So you should listen, or go watch those as well. Yeah, for sure. And you know what I like? This isn't really a space movie. This is sort of a spoof, like little comedy movie, Paul. It's like an alien and he comes in and he can like speak English and like, it's just like a comedy movie. It's I think it's rated R, so make sure. If, if you're too young, you know, don't watch that if you're under 18, but whatever. And, uh, yeah, it's a super funny movie, I think. 
it was also worth watching too after interstellar for sure and the martian is super good too um but yeah uh, thanks for watching yeah. we're, we're not financial advisors um we might hold positions in the securities discussed i don't know if we talked about money um but yeah do your own research watch youtube and uh leave a review if you enjoyed the podcast